Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm not anti-movies. I just, you you have the, the offer, the thought goes through your head, do you want to watch this movie? Even like Oppenheimer. Right. Which everybody I know liked, I, as far as I know. Opening night on Hurdle. Loved it. And we've had a couple of moments in our family, like, you know, my wife's sister, let's watch Oppenheimer. Um, and the, it just runs through my brain really fast. Isn't it like, going to be like two and a half hours where I had, I can't do anything else? More like three and a half. But sure, oh, even case, worse. Yes. Just the idea that I would have to give up two and a half hours. Yeah. It's always a no for me. I would like to watch that movie again because that was like the first day of me starting to feel sick before I got really sick. And I was very distracted and uncomfortable the entire time. And that's a long movie <laughs> to be sitting there like, oh, my stomach. Uh, <laughs> but so, but I still haven't watched the, the other, like the, I don't know, companion uh, three and a half hour film that was, you know, critically acclaimed, the Scorsese thing. Flower Moon. I even watched that. That's that's on my iPad if I want it. But same thing. Three and a half. That's a commitment. Like that's oh. like we, we got to clear out. For some reason, it's easier to watch three hours worth of a television show, like three different episodes. Yes. yes. I, I've done that dozens of times with my wife or even by myself. For some reason, the two of us together finding three and a half hours to watch a movie we want to see. Do we just can't seem to do it? Same. Just can't seem to put it together. If I'm going to watch a three and a half hour movie, I'd better land in San Francisco and it's over. That's <laughs> that's going to have to be a part of the yeah. the equation. Let's go to Nick here. Hi, Nick. Hey, boys. How's it going? Great, Nick. Thanks for calling. Good. Just calling from Toronto here. Big fan of the show. Um, just wondering your guys' thoughts with Gabe Davis probably gone to free agency and Diggs getting older. What are the odds that the Bills would actually trade up for like maybe like a neighbors in the top 10, or even if they're considering it, what would it take? Anyways, uh, thanks. And uh, I'll be listening. Thank. Okay. Thanks, Nick. I don't as aggressive as Bean has been. You'd like to not put anything past him. Of course, they went from in the twenties up to number seven in 2018 to get Josh Allen. That's a quarterback. I think that's different. And given their cap situation and their roster, I think they want they, – they don't have, I don't think, the flexibility to spend the type of assets for the next – well, for this draft and maybe into, certainly in the next year's number one to go up that high 
I just don't think they can afford to do it for those reasons. I think they're going to need players with those picks that will need to contribute. And so for that reason, I don't see them packaging a thing where they give up four picks, say, to get their hands on one of the best wide receivers in the draft. Yeah, like I, I don't think you're get you're getting neighbors at ten either. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, if you t- you want to talk about the tenth pick, um, first, second, fourth, the Bills first, second, and fourth get might get the tenth pick. That's the Jets. So you're, you're, this is not a real trade, but what does it cost? Right, that's one question the caller had: is what would it cost? It would cost most of your draft capital just to move up. Right. Like that. And I don't know, where does Neighbors go? This came up yesterday um, with Sal first, who pointed out how you're starting to see some people, he was more more pejoratively talking about this, rank Neighbors ahead of yeah. Harrison. And then you had Chris Trapasso on, who was one of those people, right? Yeah, I told that I told <laughs> Sal that he knew. I said, you know, our, Chris is one of those people. But I saw another guy, John Lobb, who I know, um, did the same thing. And, and Sal was kind of... Not mocking it, but just like, this is the time of year it is uh-huh. where people are going to move guys around, you know. And so, I don't know, maybe Neighbors is really close to Harrison. I get the argument. Mm-hmm. Where does he go? Before 10. Like, it, it, I think if you if you wanted to go to 10, like, if that for some reason were your limit or something. That's the highest you can get with with comfortably giving up what, what you just described. Um, maybe you have a shot at Odunza. Odunze, sorry. Uh, but I don't even I don't even know if that's realistic. Like it feels to me like those three guys are are in the top ten. Can this please just be a Bills year where they're not doing anything like that? Can this please just I mean, recently they have not done like the, the Allen jump where they traded Cordy Glenn and moved halfway up and then moved up again at the draft, you know. But can this please just be sort of a smart year where they kind of like look look at it and realize that, especially with wide receiver, that there's just at least it seems to this point the consensus that they're, they're so they're so comparable the, the tier mm-hmm. after Odunze is like a lot of guys who depending on your taste, big or small, there are a lot of big guys in there. Really shouldn't. Shouldn't this be the year the Bills, for all their winning and all the credit they get, where they sort of understand what they don't know? Or is this going to be another year where like, had to get Dalton Kincaid, had to get Kyer Elam? They traded up for Elam. Mm-hmm. Like, just th- th- those fourth-round picks, I don't know. This year, I wouldn't mind having that pick. <laughs> they don't have their third. They might have another third. They'll have a third once they get the compensatory stuff. I mean, if that, at least that's been how the reporting has gone since the minute. Edmonds left was like okay well they're gonna get a third round pick so I'm sort of counting on that even though it hasn't been announced um sure yeah, me too. No, yeah sure yeah yeah I mean I think if that you want to ex, you know extend that logic all the way out I think you know Sal will tell you though because we, we've talked about this with Sal um at least I know I have um like using all those picks like because I made when this came up with Sal I said I won't they want to use all those picks and he said they're, they're probably not going to have as much room as they seem like they have on the roster, are 10 rookies making this team out of camp? No, but that's not the point. Right. The <laughs> point is to throw as many yes. numbers at it. And if you if you cut somebody who lands on another team because he was highly sought after, well, good on you. 
Right. Um, You're not expecting them all to make your team. Right. You're not doing it for that reason. Right. You're doing it because the the odds are what the odds are. And the more tries you, you know, take, the the more picks you make, the better chances you have of finding guys who can really help you. And that's... That's what I would like to see. I don't know about like the the sixth and seventh rounds. I mean, that's almost different. It's almost so late. Those there are guys. I mean, Benford, right? There are guys that Benford, Dane Jackson, yeah, yeah, sure. So it's not like they're throwaways, but yeah, I mean, just it'd be nice if this year they just sort of got there with this. And if it is really wide receiver that they want, there there is like they pick twenty eighth. They might not be able to deal with the four teams behind them in the first round, unless there's more movement first. Detroit, it's the four championship round teams. Detroit, Baltimore, San Francisco, Kansas City. I don't know. Like, are those teams trading with the Bills? Is Detroit wanting to move up one spot? Just, I feel like there's value in having the first round pick for show for the fifth year option. Too. Like, there's practical value to it. Um, I don't know, but uh, beyond that, for me, it's it usually is, but it's probably a year where I'd love to trade down 10 spots. Trading down, according to the draft tech chart here, trading down 10 spots is worth 52 points, which is a mid-third. How does that sound? You give up pick 28 for pick, it's not the same team. I don't know, I haven't made a trade here yet. Like, is there a team that picks kind of early... Early-ish second and mid-third, you know, if through other trades, like something like that. It sounds good to me. There's your two wide receivers, Bulldog. You're, you're saying you, you want the Bills, you, you wouldn't even be surprised if they pick two by Friday. There you go. There, there's your Javon Baker and Malachi Corley. There you go. How would that sound? And you can get, you know, your other third-round pick involved, and that can be a defensive lineman or something. Easy game. Enough enough trade enough trading up. You know, you got away with it. You have a great team. You've had a great team for a few years here. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm not gonna tweak like this, but you just say it once. I mean, maybe these other picks you could have had could have really helped you in these games you've lost in the playoffs. All right, I said it once. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I think they the, the the one thing that you just sort of like that that pinged for me just now when you were talking is that Baltimore and Kansas City are right behind you. And they are two teams that I think you don't have to try too hard to see them desiring a wide receiver as well. So if one of them wants to get ahead of you, the, does that prompt you to make sure you stay ahead of them? You know what I mean? Is there like some sort of a race going on? Like who knows? Maybe, maybe they all like the same guy. Maybe they don't. But you just – maybe you have no idea who they like. But if you are worried about them scooping your guy – Maybe that's a reason that Brandon Bean will find you know some some justification to go do it because this is definitely a team that targets guys. Like I know we talk about it um, as it's this pool of players, and you just pick one of them and it's going to go. They they meet with these people and whatever they're looking for, they're not just looking at forty times and how high the guy jumps. So the, I I have no question that there are guys in this pool, and I think most teams probably do this i just think the bills have been sort of i don't know open about it like their dna right culture and the right the right fits like they're to me they're not going to pick one of the guys that thinks the earth is flat 
Like I just I don't think that I don't think they'll do that. Well, <laughs> they'll, they'll want. They're not going to take a guy that thinks birds aren't real. Those are two things that have happened today at the combine, by the way, in player interviews. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember names, but <laughs> it was one guy that said like. <laughs> Maybe birds aren't That's real. That's still going? That birds aren't Yeah. The, the birds aren't like, real thing was a joke. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it, somebody's buying into it. But it was it was built as a joke. Or, or, or maybe this was a joke and I missed the joke. Oh. I don't know. But All right. um, anyway, all I'm saying is they, they definitely do what you don't want to have a team do, which is fall in, I got to have this guy. What? Well, that's a couple of things. Yes, that's right. I don't think you should think about it like that. And also, some of the stuff, it seems so frivolous. It, this came up on Monday with Allen. McDermott talking about drafting Allen and how he was so impressed that Allen busted it to make the meeting on time, the dinner. Mm-hmm. And how, how he realized, and the Bills realized, like how in, that's the right kind of guy for us because he wasn't late. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just maybe maybe there's another guy some hypothetical player who just is so you know flighty even maybe rude when it comes to you know these kinds of things that you write them off the problem with that sort of stuff is like i can respect that you and i are both like that we're we we're both people I don't, we, we know this because we've worked together and this has happened so many times who it's super important to us to get to the place on the time we're supposed to be there. Like right. being late to me is just a horrendous thought uh-huh. that freaks me out. So I hate that. But the, the thing I think that means the most is not whether you respect somebody for being on time. It's that you have to be cognizant of the things you're impressed with. Go back to sort of how you were raised and they might be more likely to come from people who were raised like you, where certain things were important at home growing up, and other people might not have had that. And if you hold that against them as football players, I think you're missing out. That can be a mistake, sure. It can be a mistake or it can be just flat out wrong, but... That is sort of like when Sean McDermott talks about how great it was that Josh Allen, whatever he did, what did he do? Rearrange his schedule or well, left he early? Tried, he tried, yeah, he he was pressed for time, but he made it and didn't make any. You know, didn't call and say like, I, "Look, I can't make it. Can we do this in an hour or two or tomorrow or something?" He just he made it. He drove, whatever. He drove to get there. I wouldn't be in a big hurry to to advertise that if I were if I were McDermott or the Bills because I just think it shows kind of a faulty understanding of how everybody's different and just because somebody maybe wouldn't have made it to your dinner on time doesn't mean they can't play there could have been a good reason why somebody couldn't make a dinner there could there could have been no reason and it still doesn't mean they can't complete 70 percent of their passes or whatever you know like that that's that a lot of that stuff is societal and and cultural and people i everybody would be more likely to whatever the word you want is favor lean towards people they're comfortable with. that's right that's right and <laughs> millions of examples of mistakes probably have been made in sports by you know doing that to a fault so you i don't know i i feel like that kind of stuff is, is an eye roll it doesn't mean that it, it never did mean that josh allen wouldn't make it i mean obviously he has made it in in you know, to the moon. 
Uh, it never, never did mean that. But, you know, one person would say this is why he made it because he, you know, respected them and just has this sort of upbringing and an attitude that allowed him. And, you know, I, I think that that's part of it. You have to be driven. You have to be, you know, a team player, right? At least to an extent. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things are valuable, but they're not everything. And no, what, and it, I don't think I don't. I, you know, it wasn't everything think, to the Bills. I'm not saying it was. Right? That's you, you right. Might, that's what I was going to say, say. Is I don't think anybody is telling anybody saying it was everything, but it's a, it's a piece of it, and I don't think they've ever hidden from that. And I don't know. I mean, I know they haven't won at all, but their track record's pretty good. So, like, I, you know, the two, I, you know, they had misses. I, Elam is a miss. I mean, they, they gave up something extra to get that player, and we'll see if that, you know, gets. I think it's going to get another chance this summer, and we'll see if it gets anywhere. But, you know, that's, that, that's the case against doing it is that. Like, I'm assuming he checked all those boxes, had to have him, and he can't get on the field. You're saying their draft record is what did you say? Pretty well, good. Their team, their, their record, their record is good. I mean, they've got an excellent team. So the, how, how they want to build it has been successful, is what I'm saying. But you would also have to say, and you have said, how much Allen has to do with that. Of course. So that one pick has had so much weight over just what what they are as a team. You know, obviously, like any team over this many years, their draft results are pretty mixed. You mentioned Elam, right? I mean, there's, yep. it, there's a lot of good and bad, like, again, like everybody. All I'm saying is their methodology is easily defensible by by their record. Like, it's it's like when you talk and whatever you did, you won, it's fine. That's right. It worked. That's right. That's right. And so, that you know, I'm playing that card, of course, with the caveat of, like, they haven't won at all. I, I, I realize that. But it's still been a pretty pretty successful operation is it right jeremy's texting me listening to us that rob gronkowski fell asleep during his meeting with the patriots <laughs> i don't know oh it's hard not to like the patriots after that if i knew that i forgot it but how great is that imagine the impression that makes and you pick him anyway in round two with a bad back fell asleep bad back. gutsy boxes on the board there what do we like pros and cons we fell asleep in the meeting back in history of back injury but well, you see he fell asleep because he was studying so hard <laughs> sure yes. he was he was plus he was volunteering uh i'm sorry I'll i would have i heard the patriots were ready to take terrell troop actually mm, wow i didn't really hear that but what a shame they didn't get the chance the bills terrell took him troop Terrell Troop, where were you? I was at the I was at the hockey game. I was at a hockey game when that pick was made. I have no idea. The Sabers had. Do they not still? I guess they had the big monitors out in the concourse, like right as you came through the the walkway from your seat out to the concourse. They had TVs set up. Remember watching? Remember Jabba Chamberlain and the the midges? Were they the okay, bugs in sure, Cleveland? Yeah. This the Sabers must have been in the playoffs for this. Um, I guess if you, right. If you're late April a draft. Yeah, late April. What year is that? Not, that's not regular season hockey. It's got to be a playoff year. I, I don't remember when Terrell Troop was picked. Eleven. Would that have been their last playoff home game or something? But I, I don't yeah, know what that, that was. That was over by Easter, so I don't know. Well, Easter moves around. I, that's right. But you're going back <laughs> to Gronk's draft, so it's 2011. 
He was picked in 2010. 2010. So let's see. Let's figure this out. April 23rd. (laughs) April 23rd, 2000. Sure, I think I was. That's how I remember it. April 23rd, 2010, the Buffalo Sabres, the NHL's Buffalo Sabres, Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Posted game five of the series with Boston. Okay. And they won four to one, by the way. Blew them out. Yes. It it checks out. Right. It checks go. out. There it is. Good. Right. Love it when that happens anymore. Because <laughs> usually it's like, no, that was six years apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice try, but you're you're remembering this wrong. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Sal will join us sometime in the next hour or so. Uh, when it fits into his schedule, he's traveling home. Sabres and Lightning tonight, pregame at 6 here on WGR. I mean, I lived through the last one, okay? And I learned a lot of lessons living through the last one. So, you know, forgive me for being a little cautious. I, mean, I know Anthony's made some statements that it's important to be ahead of schedule. We're here to pull the reins to make sure we don't get too far ahead of schedule and we're staying with whatever the doctors are telling us. Anthony is Anthony Richardson. That is the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. Lines are open for you, 803-0550, talking some NFL draft. There'll be a lot of that in the next couple of months. The Sabres are in Tampa tonight. Could the Sabres win a game in Tampa, like, 3-1? to one? No. It's simply not possible. You get shootouts with this team. You get losses. Um, I don't know. You know, an overtime win down there last year with Labushkin. Labushkin. Labushkin what happened to that guy? Goal in overtime. He's uh, probably getting traded. Uh, I can't remember where he is. Is he in Anaheim again? I, I have no. I could not even. I've I've heard his name come up in speculation about you know teams at the deadline looking for All right. that style of defenseman. All right. He's in the league. The Sabers at BetMGM. Just realize, like, I haven't been on this site in a couple of weeks, maybe since the Super Bowl. Uh, Sabres are plus 135 to win. And the over-under, the under is minus 120, under six and a half. Unders have been a pretty good bet on their games, I think, lately. They haven't been in a lot of high-scoring games. Right. They've been playing pretty low-event hockey. You know, um, so you missed yesterday's off-site meeting, but um, I was there with Jeremy and Joe before we started, and I'm going to just, having eavesdropped on them, um, I think Jeremy said something like, to him, the most, I hope this is at least close, interesting thing about the Sabres is when they decide, like, Lukanen is for real that Lukanen is, like, going to be their goalie. He's had a really good run. Mm-hmm. Um, 
My answer to that would be never in terms of like, not really, but just when, when to pay him, you know, when to sort of push in on Lukanen. Mm-hmm. I don't really mean never, but I mean I just not thinking like that You're at all. You're not eager for a five-year, $25 million contract? Well, words, you know what? Me. Should, that, I, should I be? I mean, that's probably where we're going. I mean, isn't he? He's up after this year, I think. But he would be RFA protected, still. right? Yeah, but they they might want to commit. I mean, I don't know um, because really, you're you're going to have Levi cost controlled if he even ends up being in your plans for next year. Which you know, I certainly wouldn't want to close the door to that. Um, I bet they'd like that, but you know, he's he's in the minors. Um, but you, even if even if even if Levi ends up jumping over, this maybe happened in has happened in, is happening now in Boston. They signed Olmark. They're three years, I think, into that, and Swayman this year, I think, has sort of outpaced him. Um, but he's on a still on a rookie deal, and that's fine. Um, you're gonna have two guys, like you're not you know one A, one B, whatever. So I could see them committing to Lukanen. And I could see me not hating it. I, I think he he's look he's he looks stable. And that's how about you might negotiate it, or what you might shoot for. I don't. I, his status as an RFA. I mean, Omar got that contract as a UFA, leaving here to go to Boston. So not having that opportunity, maybe you can you know trim trim some term or dollars off of that. But I was just ballparking a sort of mid-range goalie contract. You know, Swayman might be the example. Not not to his price point necessarily, but th- he played three years through last year, and this year got a one-year contract, 3.475. Okay. That's a qualifying offer through arbitration. And where does that... What is that? After the season, they're back in the same position, Boston, RFA. RFA again. Yeah, but he's three and a half, and Lukanen is under one. Right, just like his goals against. Then, then maybe you don't have to hurry to go, to make the big commitment. Then you you go to arbitration with him or whatever. You know, two years, five million or something. I I don't know. Like some some sort of bridge. Maybe you just build a bridge for him. This is one situation where I might prefer that. Because he's a goalie, of course, pejorative on the goalies. Just well, <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm only saying. I, I, used I to hate stick goalies. Up, I used to stick up more rigorously for goaltending because my kid was. You know, <laughs> You're past that. No, I yeah. Well, I guess so. I guess I'm not as defensive about it. I guess anymore. Okay, that showed through a little just now. <laughs> when is the deadline? Tuesday. No, the deadline is next Friday. Fr- next Friday. Next Friday, the eighth. Yep. Oh, hockey nails it again, putting something interesting on a Friday. Yeah. Well. Beautiful. <laughs> and the big, the bigger question is maybe Middlestat. I saw a quote from Oposo mm-hmm. today that, what was it, from, uh, was it from Lance Lasowski? Yes. Where he said, yes. well, I'll leave it at that or something. It's we're something on, ambiguous. Kevin and I are on the same page as far as the deadline, and I'll leave it at that. I think that's the that's the quote. That's, if it's not if that's not exact, that's real close. That means they're looking to trade him. I. Why would sure, you say it that way? Uh, Kevin and I agree that I'm not getting traded. <laughs> could that I, be I told, right? Could that be right? I, yeah, I told him I don't want to go. I mean, I I don't know that that could be right. 
I'm not going to have any real strong feelings one way or the other. I can tell you, as Luke, as 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 unprofessional as that may be, because um, I just don't think the return the return is going to be so negligible for any of their assets. Gergensen's Oposo, Eric Johnson, the, those three. You know, Middlestad trades. That's a hockey trade. That's structural. That's that matters. Like if they do that, you're gonna you know you're gonna want to you know. I'm going to care about the return, and I'll care about them making that move. These other guys, I just feel like I'm talking about, like, picks I'm making very late <laughs> in the draft, and it's just not it's not that important. So, In other words, I'm saying if Oposo says, I don't want to go, I'm not going to be mad at Oposo because he's costing the Sabres a sixth-round pick in the draft. That's all I'm saying. How about a third and a mid-prospect? Well, that's different. Is that I not, is that unattainable for any of those three players? My yeah. God, yes. yes. Really? I think so. A third and a mid mid prospect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I think if they were on the same page, Oposo would have sounded very different there, which would be you know I, I'm I want to see this through. I, I we're still in it. I made a a deal to I'm the captain mm-hmm. of the team. You know he'd be sort of like that. Whatever. Kevin does like he, I don't know. That to me sounds very much just like to mean he's going to try to. He's look looking to get something for me, yep. and might, I'm you okay could with be that. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, you you might be right. Um, I think it's possible it could it could mean the other, and I'm just telling you, I'm not going to get. I, I think a third and a third in a prospect, even a mid range prospect, a, a 20, 21 year old guy who hasn't gotten out of the AHL yet. I would care about that. I don't think you're getting. I don't think you're getting that with any of those three guys. I just don't. I think they're they're they are insurance against injury for a for a team going to the playoffs. All three of them. Like I don't think I don't think any of those three guys are slotting into a spot and like on a, on a team that's going to the playoffs is going like okay we we really need this. So. A team would trade the low price you're suggesting for Kyle Oposo and not play him unless they had an injury? Or maybe they already have one? Sure. It's going to be close to that, but it's it, to me, it's yeah, it's more insurance. It's a veteran. If I get an injury, I've got a guy that's been through it. If I need to stick him on my power play because I lose one of my power play guys, okay, I guess he can do that. Gergensen's might have the best case because of his penalty killing, um, but I just don't think those guys – garner any anything interesting in return is greenway interesting as a trade possibility or do you want to keep going three million through next year i'm gonna keep going okay i i i I don't love him but he's been i would say more effective than i expected and i think eventually i mean i watching this team play lately and seeing both oposo and greenway on power play units is making me insane. Oh, oh my God. Um, yes. Right? But I think in the right role, I, I think Greenway brings something that is in short supply on this team. Is there, is there any excuse for their power play being so bad? No. I don't think so. I and don't get per- it. No. And the personnel, I, it, 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 it's upset. <laughs> I just think every time, you know, you, you say sometimes how you stop yourself from tweeting stuff. Every time I'm watching a game and I see the power play, I, I, I think to myself, a real NHL team in the year 2024 of our Lord 
is using both Oposo and Greenway on, you know, they're on the same unit, thank God. But even still, I just can't believe it. Well, tonight could be a little kooky, being that it is leap day, mm. leap year day. How about that? February 29th. Who knew? I love the, you know, the February night, February 29th birthdays. Cool, right? Something cool at parties, right? Something interesting about you. Uh, I'm actually three years old or something, right? Because I've only had three. <laughs> actually, it's, it is like that. Former President James Madison, would, if he were alive today, would be four years old. That's incredible to think about how rare leap year is. Just, uh, it's amazing. I've seen on Twitter today, have it, put leap year in July. July 32nd. What do you think about it? I saw saw June 31st. June 31st. Yes. Does it really matter, though, where you put it? I really don't feel anything about any of this. I don't think it matters where you put it. No, I don't. Just an extra day. In fact, if you want to pretend today is March 1st and pay your mortgage early, go ahead. I... Was talking about <laughs> was talking about this with my son last night. Uh, like, k- kind of cool if your birthday is on leap year. And he said we were having a big discussion at lunch today about what your birthday really is. He's like, it should be March first. I mean, it isn't. It's February 29th. But you know, maybe certain ways legally you need to have it be another day. Uh-huh. Uh, he said it can't be February 28th. I agree with him. It can't be February 28th. You were not born on February 28th. That's right. That's right. Or else that would be your birthday. But Right. In any other year than a leap year, you would be born on March 1st. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's righteous. Your kid's on the right side of that. <laughs> yes, I think so. Good for him. Connor McDavid scored last night, but did he shoot? I didn't see the goal. He said he was <laughs> going to stop. He was done shooting. <laughs> I didn't either. He did score. It uh, could have been, uh, you know, uh, off a skate or something like that. The Oilers beat the Blues, I believe. Also, Zach Hyman has 40 goals for Edmonton. Wow, who knew? Zach Hyman, the guy from the Leafs? Yes. 40? Get him on the ice with the right players. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. Frank is with us. Hello, Frank. Yeah, McDavid, did not, he did score it later on. But in the first period, he had a uh, nice pass. I think it was uh, the guy you just mentioned. Sorry, I can't remember his name. But they also they put up a, a list of how many like uh, how many total feet of shots he has scored his goals on. It doesn't even get to the blue line. Blue line, it's unbelievable. Um, real quick, uh, two things in the favors. Is, is scoring touch something you develop ever or or not? And secondly. Like Middlestead, I mean, they've gone so far with Middlestead, and we never won anything. Like, you think we're just trying to better off to just look another way? I mean, they can't win with them. I mean, certainly they can lose without them. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Have a nice day. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, Frank. Sure. Um, I mean, you can you can work on anything. Skill can be developed. Um, so, um, you know. I don't think it's just you know natural goal scorer. Like some guys are just gifted, but you can you can work uh, to get better at it. Changing launch angles, just getting more deceptive about how you shoot, uh, can help. 
Um, so I would say yes, that is that is a process that you can undertake. I don't, you know, I don't think you can make a goal score out of someone who's incapable of doing it. But if you have the talent to get to the league, I think you can improve on it. Uh, would be my answer. Middlestat's an interesting piece because I don't know that there is room for him long term. At some point, they're going to have to cash in this pool of prospects that has them at the top of the league again, at least according to Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Best pool of prospects in the league, not only the top-end guys, but they got a bunch of B-type guys even in behind their top-end guys. you got to take that out for a spin at some point. So committing to Middlestat long-term with what they've already committed to long-term and what they have coming behind him doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not thinking of it so much in a, I, I can't win with you, I can lose without you way. I'm more looking at, can I get my hands on a defender that can help this team moving forward and replace Middlestat with Yuri Kulik or Matthew Savoy or somebody else? Thank you, Frank. Getting connected with our fans brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. The Sabres try to improve upon their already faint playoff hopes tonight in Tampa. A team they're chasing. That's quite a distance, but still. Pre-game at 6 as Paul Hamilton joins us from Tampa today here on WGR. Right now, be caller 5 at 716-221-4WGR or 4947 to win a pair of tickets to see Avenged Sevenfold with Poppy and Sullivan King, Key Bank Center, March 6th. That'd be Wednesday. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com at our courtesy of Live Nation. Just between you and me, you know I'm on this weight loss program. Oh, yeah. Right. A- I, missed, I missed a day. Awaken, right? Awaken yeah. 180. Mm-hmm. This is day four. I feel great. Good. I really feel great already. Like, I hope you can keep the momentum going. Um, yeah, the question for me will be, assuming I get results, which I am, but I don't know like how long it'll take. Um, you know, People say this, you know, sort of what after? What happens after, mm-hmm. right? Like you get to your desired weight and then what? Do you go back? Mm-hmm. Do I go back to drinking a martini every night? Like what do I do? <laughs> right. So we'll see. I know this Awaken 180 offers lifetime support, which I think is really great. Um, I don't know any of that yet, but I'm really sort of like today I woke up 630, kids get on the bus around seven and I'm like, I'm up. It helps that the sun's out and it's daylight. Yeah, that does. You know? Yes. It's dark all winter and just like back to bed. It's a little easier to stay awake. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I've got... Fantasy baseball this weekend in Philadelphia, and I'm cramming for that. And I've, I've told you, like, for the last three weeks, in, in recent years, I've kind of been just sort of indifferent, relatively indifferent toward it, uh, and then baseball in general. But the sun is out all the time, and I think that has made the difference this year. I'm sort of like, oh, yep. let's read up on the Angels, you know? Like, let's just <laughs> let's dig in here. So that'll be uh, this weekend. I go every year, uh, and it'll, it'll, be, it'll be really fun. Except, well, not except for, but... You However, can't eat, you can't eat and drink with everyone. Oh my God! Tomorrow night is at Glenn Macnow's Brewery. I'm looking at the menu. There are there are pockets in these menus where I can sort of make mm-hmm. it work. Sure. I, I was on the phone with Awaken 180 today to sort of like know how to do that uh, to get their advice. But I mean, come on! Tomorrow night's a brewery. Yeah. Saturday afternoon is their cheesesteak, their favorite cheesesteak uh-huh. place. 
Yeah. San Filippo. And then Saturday night is this fancy, Glenn always nails this, these great restaurants in Philadelphia. It was French last year. Sully was there. And then it's Italian this year. We've gone to this Mexican place called Tequila's many times. They had a fire, so we stopped going there. Just I love this weekend. Yeah. And, and the food is a big part of it. And uh-huh. I, I've never had a like a, a restrictor plate. I've never cared. No, like I'll drink right. I'm drinking beer right. in the morning at these drafts. That's right. <laughs> All that's out the window. Very different. Yeah. That's uh good just um, you know, thoughts and prayers. That's it, a big adjustment. I'm gonna make it. Yeah. I have faith in you, but I, I think it, they're, they'll, I, I'm eager to hear about the challenges. <laughs> there'll be there'll be some trying times for you. I think I will be here to tell you. Hopefully, um, still waiting to hear from Sal. I think he's close to being available. We want to talk to him at least uh, at some point next hour. We've got the pregame show for Sabers Lightning at six. One thing we talked about earlier: what are the odds really of the Bills having a worse season than last year? I'm not. I don't want to load the question this time. Like really, a lot of what we've talked about has been what they're facing cap-wise and potential departures and age and digs, you know, like just what what are the Bills at this point? They've lost again. But it's kind of hard for me to see them be much worse, if at all worse. 803-0550 to jump in. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.